Thank you for joining Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the Word. We welcome all of you who are joining us by television or those of you joining us at airjesus.com. Stay tuned to today's message. We're doing part three of something we started a few weeks ago entitled Living Like Jesus. Living Like Jesus. Let's look at a, a, a text over in the book of Galatians, the book of Galatians chapter 4, and let's read verse 19, Galatians chapter 4, verse 19, Galatians chapter 4, verse 19, let's read that in unison. Ready? Let's read together in unison. My little children, of whom I travail in birth again... Until Christ be formed in you. One translation says, um, Till a likeness of Christ shall have been formed in you. Now notice he said, he said, I'm travailing in birth again. Now the, he said again because he'd already done it once to get them to receive Christ. When they received Christ, that was... That was one delivery. And so he says, now that you have received Christ, he says, now I'm having labor pains again. And I'm, I'm in agony and I'm in pain. But now this time, even though you have already received Christ, he said, now I'm laboring and I'm in pain so that Christ now would be formed in you so that there would be a likeness of Christ in your behavior. In other words, he was frustrated because even though they had received Christ, they were still living the same old way. And it was frustrating him. He said, he said I'm in agony over this. They were lying, cheating, stealing. They, they were still living like ordinary people. They were still living like unregenerate, unborn again people that didn't know God. They were living just like everybody else. And so the Apostle Paul, he was just about to pull his hair out. He said, no, he said, he said, I, he said, I'm in travail over this thing until there's a likeness of Christ in you. There should be a difference. There should be a difference in the way you live, um, you know, compared to everybody else. There, Jesus should be showing in you. And he said, I'm in travail over this until that begins to happen. And so, and so it is with us, God wants to show Christ to the world through us. He wants to show Christ to the world through us. Not so much of us having to tell people about Jesus as it is showing people Jesus. It's one thing to tell somebody about somebody, but it's a whole different it's a whole different ball game to show them. Show them. And so we have been given this wonderful privilege to show the world Christ Jesus. To show the world Christ Jesus. And it's the, it's the likeness of Christ we are to have. His values. His attitudes. His character. His nature. His mind. And so these things are to manifest themselves in our conduct and in our way of life. I like something that 
the, uh, the book of Ephesians, you don't have to turn there, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22 through 24 in the Message Bible, it says, everything, and I do mean everything, connected with that old way of life has to go. It's rotten through and through. Get rid of it. And then take on an entirely new way of life. A God-fashioned life. A life renewed from the inside and working itself into your conduct as God accurately reproduces His character in you. Notice Jesus said, John 8, 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He said, I am the light of the world. And then he says something very interesting. In Matthew, he says, you are the light of the world. In other words, he's saying the same way that I have lived and been a light to this world, the light of life. The light of life, he says, those who follow after me shall not walk in darkness. They shall have the light of life. And he says, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. He, In one reference, he was the light of the world. But now he says, you are the light of the world. In other words, he's saying, you are now in my likeness. You have my spirit. You have my character. You have my nature. You now light the world. Bring God's influence into the world. Bring God's character and nature into the world. You are the light of the world. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. And remember, uh, living like Jesus is, is not merely an imitation as so much it is an inhabitation. We allow him to live in us and live through us. And so he not only came and lived, and Jesus didn't just live, but he demonstrated something. He was, he was living on purpose. He was living accurately because he wanted to show us how to live. We're made in the image of God. Well, what is the image of God? Well, the image of God is Jesus. Jesus said himself, he said, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. So if you want to know what God looks like, look at Jesus. And so we're in that image. And so that image and that likeness is what we are to reflect in this world. Now, so Jesus, when he came, he wasn't just living. He wasn't just living haphazardly. He, He wasn't just on a mission from God. He was living purposefully in the terms of he was an example. He wanted to be be an example for us. He wanted to demonstrate something for us to show us how to live godly lives in an ungodly world. Let's look at at some scriptures here. Uh, John 13. Flip over to the Gospel of John chapter 13. The Gospel of John chapter 13. You'll see, you'll see that his life was intended to be lived as an example. John chapter 13. John chapter 13. Now notice verse 14 and verse 15. John chapter 13, verse 14 and verse 15. It says, If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also... 
ought to wash one another's feet. Notice verse 15. For I have given you an example. So notice, Jesus' whole, his whole life was an example for us. He said, I've given you an example. I've given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. And so his whole life, his whole life was an example to us. And this, this particular example, he's now teaching how to serve one another. He's teaching a lesson. He's living a lesson in humility. He's saying, now I'm the king of the earth. He said, I'm almighty God. I'm the son of his righteousness. I'm from heaven. All glory and power are mine. Yet, I have taken my robe off, wrapped a towel around me, and I have, you know, got on my knees and washed your dirty feet. He humbled himself, submitted, meekness and humility. And he said, as I have done, I'm doing this as an example. This is the way you ought to live. Serving one another, putting other people first, meeting somebody else's need, taking care of one another, not being on a high horse. He, in, 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 another, in another verse, he says, uh, they came to him, they said, Lord, which of us is the greatest? Jesus said, if you would be great, let him be the servant of all. You want to be great? Turn your neighbor and say, you want to be great? Learn how to serve. Learn how to serve. You can be great. Everybody, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., he said everybody can be great. He said you don't need a college degree to be great. He said you don't need to make your subject and verb agree to be great. He said all you need is a heart full of grace, motivated by love. You can be great by serving one another. And so that was the way Jesus lived. He lived as a servant. He lived, the Bible says, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus who made himself of no reputation and, and, and took upon himself, so he became a servant. He became a servant. And that was the way he lived, serving others. Not worried about big titles. He wasn't caught up in positions. He wasn't caught up in pride. No, he was, he was, he was worried about serving the least of these, my brethren. He was worried about helping somebody. Being a help to somebody. Being a comfort to somebody. That's living like Jesus. That's living like Jesus when you serve one another. My God, somehow in the ministry we, 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 we've gotten too caught up in pride. And we want everybody to serve us. I'm Dr. So-and-so. I'm Bishop Big Shot. And I want you all to have my door open when I get there. And have my food ready and my robe. You know. Well, forget all of that. That's not the way Jesus lived. No, that's not the way he lived. That's not the way he lived. Jesus was trying to serve somebody. And he said, if I'm being the greatest, have, and if I have done this for you all, he said, all I'm, watching, I'm, he said, I'm doing this as an example so you can serve one another. And so he lived as a servant. That's living like Jesus. You want to live like Jesus? Live, as a, live serving others. Live serving others. Walk in humility. Well, what else, what, else, um, what else did he do? Flip over to, I found an interesting scripture. I didn't, I didn't even know this scripture existed. Flip over to 1 Peter. 1 Peter, toward the back of your Bible. It's about four or five books from, from Revelations at the back of your Bible. But you'll come across 1 and 2 Peter. But flip over to 1 Peter. I want you to see interesting scripture here. 
First Peter chapter two. First Peter chapter two. And I want you to go to verse twenty one. First Peter chapter two, verse twenty one. When you get there, say amen. amen. Now listen to this. First Peter chapter two, verse twenty one. He says, um, For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example. There it is again. He's living his life as an example to demonstrate how to live. To demonstrate how to live a godly life. He's demonstrating how we are to present ourselves in this world. Leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. In other words, he said, you know, I'm living this way so you will walk in my footsteps. One translation says literally that we will walk in his footsteps. Now, uh, this particular passage of, of, of scriptures leading into this verse and beyond that verse is talking about something very interesting about the nature of Christ. And it's talking about when you're treated, um, when you're treated badly or someone has wronged you or something has come against you. He's talking about remaining honorable, remaining honorable, even when it's not your fault, it's not your doing, when you're falsely accused or, you know, when somebody else is out of line, when you're being treated wrongfully, when you're being mistreated. He's talking about that ability to still live honorably toward them. And that's a powerful character of Christ. Being able to live honorable, even when somebody has wronged you. And it gets into that spirit of really not retaliating. Not retaliating. And it's very interesting. Um, I, was, I was reading, uh, for, not, not partic- this particular verse, but in First Peter 3, 8 and 9, it says, Don't render railing for railing. Or one translation says, Don't render insult for insult. If someone is hurtful and spiteful towards you, that's not the way that you respond toward them. And in that particular passage, it's talking specifically, and I, I, really, I realize this, it's talking a lot about married couples. Um, because there are some times where your spouse will falsely accuse you. Your spouse will be irate about something, and you're not really at fault. And it's, and it's, it's teaching married couples how to respond. And those, he said, you still remain honorable even though your spouse is going off on you and it's not your fault. Amen. Now, I, I put that into practice quite a bit. <laughs> My wife will go off on me in a minute. <laughs> and I, re, you know, and I keep, I, I, I remain honorable. I keep, I, I, you know, I understand the power of that. Uh, I was going to say, I think she did that today. <laughs> and vice versa, it's not always her. I know this is hard for you all to believe. This is, I know this is very hard for you all to believe. But on rare occasions, I have a tendency to lose it. <laughs> And then my wife now reciprocates. She's able to walk in kindness and love and not retaliate. Yeah. 
when I'm in a moment of anger or misfit, uh, you know, outside of myself. And then she now she's reciprocating this not rendering insult for insult. Um, but that's a powerful. That's the way Jesus lived. That's 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 the way he lived. Now, when they when they got ready to crucify him, they accused him of all. They accused him of everything. None of it. He was guilty of. He never said a mumbling word. Just as cool, collected. Now, they were being, if they were ready to hang you over some stuff you hadn't done, you'd be hollering to the top of your lung. You'd be calling lawyers. I mean, you, you would just be all upset and all defend. No, he was just as cool as he could be. Just as cool as he could be. And even Pilate, he couldn't understand. The Pilate says, defend yourself, man. Pilate, Pilate just got afraid of him. He said, I washed my hands. This, this, I found no fault in this man. <laughs> he was just as cool as a cucumber. Just as cool as a cucumber. He didn't return the insults. The way they insulted, he didn't return that. And so it's a, it's a, higher, level, it's a higher level of living. But he says, walk in my footsteps. Walk in my footsteps. He said, I've lived this as an example, and I've endured what no one else has endured, and yet I was able to remain honorable under all attack. Under all attack, I've remained honorable toward God and toward my fellow man, even though they mistreated me. And so he's saying, never allow, never allow uh, mistreatment from someone else to cause you to want to return the favor which is our carnal nature, which is our fleshly nature. So he's, he's, he's calling us to come up higher, to a higher level of spirituality. Um, and it's, it's something, now Jesus himself talks about this in the book of Matthew chapter 5. You don't have to turn to Matthew chapter 5. He says, he says, bless those who curse you. Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Pray for them that despitefully use you. Do good to them. That hate you. It's the nature of Christ. Completely opposite to our flesh and to the carnal nature and to the world. I remember I was put to the test in one of these areas. Driving along the highway one day, I was sandwiched between two 18-wheelers. And one of the 18-wheelers, I thought, was coming over in my lane. He was swerving a little bit, and I thought he was coming over in my lane. So I immediately grabbed my horn and wouldn't let it go. <laughs> and now... Evidently, he wasn't coming over into my lane, as I thought, and so he decided to give me a piece of his mind for the way I blew my horn. And so uh, my window was down and his window was down, and I couldn't hear exactly what he said, but I knew it was cursing. <laughs> I knew he was cursing. And when that, when that happened to me, when that happened to me, this is, this is one of the first times I really felt my maturity in Christ. I had no desire to retaliate back to him. I simply prayed for him. I said, Heavenly Father, I said, obviously this gentleman does not know you. And he said, I said, Father, I pray for his salvation. I pray God that you allow somebody to come across his path where he, can, where he can meet you. Send a laborer. Send somebody who will share you with him. That he'll, he may know you and, and find eternal salvation and come in a relationship with you. And then I said, Father, I pray for his life. 
Bless him, Lord God. He obviously could be going through a whole lot. He's probably stressed out no matter what's going on in his world. I said, God, I pray your richest blessings upon him. I said, God, do him good. Make him happy. Run him over with your goodness. Surround him. I began literally praying from the bottom of my heart for him. And I knew in that moment I had entered into the mind of Christ. That was the mind of Christ. I hadn't always been there. I remember one time a, a joker drove by me and, and made an obscene gesture. I won't tell you exactly what he did, but it involved his middle finger. <laughs> and I didn't appreciate it. And I won't tell you what I did either. <laughs> Let's just say it wasn't very Christ-like. <laughs> And so I've noticed, you know, looking at those two incidents, I noticed how I grew from one incident to the other. First incident, I retaliated. Second incident, I prayed for him genuinely, for his welfare, for his well-being. And that's what Jesus said to do. He said four things in Matthew 5:44. He said, love your enemies, love. Then he says, bless. Then he says, pray for. Then he says, do good. Those are the four things he tells us to do. Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Pray for them that despitefully use you. Do good to them that hate you. Four things. Love. Say love. Love. Bless. Bless. Do good. Do good. Pray for. Pray for. And that's what 1 Peter 3 goes on to say. It says, don't, don't render railing for railing, insult for insult. It says, on the contrary. It says, render a blessing because that's your calling. You're called to bless. That's who you are. It it literally said, that is our vocation. Somebody asks you, what do you do for a living? You say, I'm a blessing. That's what the Bible says our calling is. Our vocation is a blessing. We're always in the business of blessing others. It's my calling. It's my vocation. We're to bless. It says that is your vocation. That's your calling. And then it goes on to say so that you can inherit a blessing. God intends for you to stay in his blessing. Be a blessing and be blessed. That is his formula for you. That's his formula for your life. Always be a blessing and be blessed. Be blessed and be a blessing. That, he said that's your calling. That's your vocation. Always being a blessing. Always being a blessing. Always being a blessing. That's, that's living like Jesus. That's living like Jesus. I want you to go to airjesus.com and I want you to listen to this message, message number 7411. You can also email it to a friend absolutely free of charge. We are so excited that you tuned in today and thank you so much for joining us today at Brothers of the Word because, brother, you need the Word. Praise God. Praise God. Living like Jesus. Showing Christ to the world through the way we live. It's a powerful way to live. It is so powerful. It's an awesome way to live. It blesses everybody involved. It blesses you as the giver and it blesses those who are the recipients who get a chance to see Christ and receive his love and grace flowing off of your life. 
It's a powerful way to live. Praise God. Amen, 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 amen. You are listening to AirJesus.com and TheOnlineWord.com. This was the third message in the Living Like Jesus series by C. Elijah Bronner. This message is number 7411. That's 7411. The next message is number 7412. To listen to the entire series, click series on AirJesus.com or TheOnlineWord.com. Listen to AirJesus.com and TheOnlineWord.com often and keep your spirit charged up.